1: hello and welcome to enlightened empaths your community for the spiritually awakened where we discuss explore and connect with fellow empaths healers intuitives and seekers hello empaths welcome to the show we hope you're having a beautiful wonderful happy week And if you're not, we hope that this little intercession in your week brings you some joy and relief and something to think about. So just envision that you're sitting with us around a virtual coffee table, because we're going to talk about this wonderful article Denise read that mentions certain ways we could be actually sabotaging our spiritual growth. I really enjoyed reading that, Denise.
2: I did too, because it made me... No, nothing can make you, but it encouraged me to think about, am I doing these practices? Is this something that I've integrated in my life without even being aware of it? Because I think sometimes things will sneak in under the door and they become habitual and we don't realize the impact they may be having on our emotional, physical, or spiritual
1: health. Exactly. Exactly. The article is called 11 Sneaky Spiritual Traps Sabotaging Your Growth, and it was written by Alethea Luna. For uh, wakeupworld.com, so we'll post a link to that on our Facebook page. One of the first things she talks about is spiritual bypassing. I keep hearing about this. What would be your like quick soundbite definition of spiritual bypassing?
2: Well, and and I think that there can be a duality to this of when we do it to ourselves or when we're engaged with someone else, and this is the byproduct of that. But a lot of times. The way I interpret it is that it's when you start to avoid or suppress or try to get away from emotions or situations. The the sign I get from spirit when I'm doing reading is when people put their hand, like a little kid over their hands, over their ears, la, 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 I can't hear you. I feel like there's kind of a denial part with the uh, spiritual bypassing as well.
1: Yeah. And it tends to focus on negative emotions. I can remember a friend saying to me, I was really mad about something. And she was like, but I thought you were supposed to be spiritual. And it that was like 10 years ago. It still pisses me off because I was like, yeah, I'm a spiritual person who gets pissed off sometimes. Right. You're human being. Yeah. <laughs> but there does tend to be this kind of underlying belief that, oh, well, if you're so spiritual and awakened, then you know, you shouldn't ever get mad or sad or upset or frustrated or down. And, and I think that's really unhealthy.
2: Or there's guilt involved. Am I a bad person because I'm feeling angry or because of, and if we, those of us that tend to internalize, not mentioning any names or looking in any mirrors, uh, <laughs> it, it, it can be, it can come, become almost obsessive sometimes when someone makes a comment like that of bringing it within and, and getting into that self-doubt trap.
1: Yeah. And that can be very, very tricky and something that I think is important to at least be cognizant of. I I think we need to embrace all of our emotions. I think they are all showing up in our life for a reason to either teach us or bless us or or wake us up to something that needs to shift in our life. And so if you're going to suppress or repress a quote-unquote negative emotion, you're not going to move forward on your path.
2: And sometimes that can be exactly what we need to start to move forward. We have to hit that place where we're upset or angry or just disillusioned or done. And those are never happy, yippee kind of moments, but they can be that nudge. And I think it's a nudge from spirit when that happens to say, okay, if this isn't working for you, what do you want to integrate or change that, that will help you have a higher quality of life and, and feel more content with who you are?
1: What do you think about the book, You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay? Because I really love that book, but there is that section in the back that explains the emotional reason behind any illness you're dealing with. And a lot of people have said that places way too much blame on the person and doesn't take into account things like, you know, genetics or chemicals or other things that could have caused that, that illness. Do you think that's a form of spiritual bypassing? Oh, I don't know. Because
2: I immediately, and you know, I love that book, um, your, The Secret Language of Your Body by Ina Segal. And it talks, it's similar to the Louise Hay book and talks about that mind-body connection. I really do believe that there is a mind-body connection with a lot of illness, but equally what you just said, a genetic component, environmental component. And I think to put it all onto you're you you never dealt with this so you've manifested blank that's I don't like that I, and I guess it would be kind of spiritual bypassing when you put it in those parameters
1: yeah I don't know it's just something you know to think about the article also says that trying to kill your ego or looking at the at the ego as all bad is a part of this and I think that's really interesting too what do you what do you think about that
2: A lot of us have been told, you know, don't get a fat head. Don't think you're better. You know, all of the messages we've talked about that in a lot of different shows and and with a lot of different folks. And I think that you've said this beautifully many times is we have to have some ego in order to be able to do what we do. And and I always bring it back to are you coming from a place that's self-serving with ego or are you using your ego to help? be of service, raise the vibration, make a difference. And, and I think there's a fine line that we all walk with that.
1: Yeah, I I definitely do too. It's it's a balance as is so much in life or really everything. It's all about a balance. But yeah, that's something I often say in class. If you're going to sit down at a table in front of a person and say, I can read your energy, that takes a little bit of ego. But if what's at the base of that motivation is to be of service, then that's, in my opinion, a healthy ego.
2: I agree. I agree. And another thing that the woman mentions in this article is two of these, these seem to go hand in hand, that denial of being responsible for your own choices and saying, oh, it's my guide, it's an angel, it's ascended master, or delusions of having arrived at a higher level of being. And that, for me, is always a really, really big red flag if people start, because it does tie in with ego as well, start to, well, what's the word I want? Start to really see themselves as a higher vibrational level, or I guess the blood version, would, that they're better than someone else spiritually. And I, I don't subscribe to that either. No one has a higher, I mean, maybe the Dalai Lama, Mother Mary. I
1: mean, the bigwigs. <laughs> oh, have you ever talked to an atheist? Yes. They have that. Like every time I've talked to an atheist, they always look at me like, like I'm a fluffy little cat. Like, there, there. Aren't <laughs> you cute with your belief in God? Oh, that's adorable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's always kind of hard. And I think we see this in a lot of religions, not just the spiritual Sector, you know, I mean, poor God, he takes the blame for everything, or she. I can't stand when you're at like a funeral and someone says, "Well, I guess God needed another angel." Oh, so yeah, there is this <laughs> this tendency to kind of just put everything onto someone else, and and that can be very, very, you know, problematic. And then, of course, feeling as though you have reached a higher level because you are spiritually awakened oh my gosh, that's the quickest way to have a little slip up, don't you think?
2: I agree. And what do you think about when she wrote uh, using spiritual practices to escape unpleasant emotions? And she used the example of using meditation to disassociate from emotions rather than transmute them. So we find solace and comfort in meditation. It helps us to release, to get centered, to ground how do you feel about that being spiritual bypassing as a practice if you're because sometimes we have to deal with our shit i mean that's the the very blunt version and i know i've fallen into this trap as well of oh i'll just put on some theta i'll relax i'll see if i get a message from spirit but the thing is still waiting for me when i come back
1: exactly and i have a hard time relating to this because when i meditate at least the first 10 minutes are all the unpleasant emotions. That's what Mm -hmm. I have to sift through before I can even get to the meditative spot. You know, I've got to go, oh, I didn't do that. Oh, I never sent that email. Oh my gosh, I forgot to check this. And so I have to sift through all of that. I don't know how people just close their eyes and and don't think of (laughs) all those things. (laughs) But yeah, I have known people who will just say, oh, I'm going on a silent meditation retreat for for a week. And I, I don't know, I've always... I've always admired that. So I I guess I just don't have a lot of experience with that form of bypassing.
2: I think part of this is, are you living your spirituality or are you wearing your spirituality? And that's an odd way to put it. But if you've integrated your spirituality into just being part of who you are, does that give you more of a buffer about falling into some of these these traps? I don't know. guess
1: we'll no. find out, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's really important to think about. Another one on this list that could indicate that you might be spiritually sabotaging your path is wanting to help everyone. I think that's one that a lot of empaths can relate to because that that can be a default, a go-to. L- yes. l- let me help everyone. And then that gives you permission or a vacation from focusing on yourself and what you might need help with. Right.
2: And that ties in with also feeling this necessity to try to get other people to join you on your spiritual path. It doesn't necessarily mean they want to be there. It goes back to your, your remark about the atheist of they probably have no desire and it's not the lessons they came to learn while they were on the, the, the planet this time. So when we get into that place of either trying to force other people to awaken, because it gives us such joy and solace, it can also be a kind of a sneaky trick that we're playing on ourselves.
1: Yeah, I agree. If you take nothing from this episode, I think one thing that, that has helped me so much is just accepting everyone where they are on their path. Right. You know, if you want to be an agnostic, an atheist, a spiritually awakened person, and you know, put in any label—that's great. You do you, you know, and just accept everyone where they are. If you try to wake everyone up around you, that's that's not going to go well, and it's going to create a lot of drama and conflict. We just have to be focused on our path, our journey, our own stuff. Yes,
2: and not to be divisive, but as especially during here in the States, the political things that are going on right now, sometimes that may really hit your moral compass, your ethics, your sense of what's sane and right. And again, I'm not aligning on either side of the fence. It's just, there is extreme no matter where you look. And, and this is another aspect of that same thing. People have a belief that's real and true to them and you may not agree with it, but it doesn't make it wrong.
1: No. And even if you think it makes them wrong, how many stories have you heard where families aren't talking, right? Families aren't speaking to each other because they have different political views. Right. No, I don't, I don't really understand that. So even if you don't agree and you think their beliefs are wrong, that's not a hundred percent of who they are. You know, that's just a part of them.
2: Jumping back to your, when you brought up that trap of wanting to help others, We've often said that a lot of times empaths fall into that that red zone, that danger zone of being very codependent for other people, either um, physically, mentally, spiritually, whatever. There's a tendency for that for a lot of very sensitive people, empathic people to want to fix it, save. So do you, are we falling into a spiritual trap with that? Or I think this one can be environmental and training as well, don't you?
1: What do you mean, environmental?
2: Like how you were brought up, what your environment was, Whoa. what you were, you know, societal or cultural or familial patterns that you just thought were normal, and they're not.
1: Yeah, I think it. I I agree, and I I think this one can be tricky because it feels so nice to help people, right? It feels mm-hmm. so good to be sure. I can help with that. I can show up for that. I can make time for you here. That feels so good, and we can get stuck in that mode. And, and you're right. I think a lot of people were raised to always help others. And if you grew up in in certain religions, definitely that was encouraged to volunteer your time and good Lord in high school. Now the different organizations, these kids are in, you wouldn't believe the kind of volunteer hours they have to put in. And so, yeah, I can agree with you that it is like kind of culturally ingrained, but part of, I think being an enlightened empath is recognizing how beautiful and wonderful you are and how sacred your time and your personal space is.
2: Right. And, and not to help others under that. Oh, I'm being so good. I'm being so spiritual. If you're doing it because it feels right and true and you want it, that to me, I love that. I love that feeling. And it does feel different than if it's stepping into that egoic state of this is put on my, what would Jesus do bracelet go in that direction. And I didn't mean that blasphemously at all, but sometimes if we fall into helping other people too much, it may be a way of stepping away from taking care of ourselves, which isn't always as easy.
1: No, it's definitely not. Now, another one on her list is feeling superior, which you kind of touched upon earlier. Um, but this is where you feel as though, you know, you have reached a higher level of your spiritual awakening than other people. I don't see that with a lot of empaths personally. Do you? No, but I, this is, I see it with pseudo
2: empaths because that's such a popular word now that a lot of people are using the label, even though it may not be reflective of, that sounds judgy pie pants. And I don't mean it that way. I just have, I think there's a lot of fraudulent use of taking advantage of other people's emotions right now, and that can go in a lot of directions.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's take a quick break to mention our brand new sponsor, and when we get back, we'll talk about some other ways that you could be sabotaging your spiritual growth. Beautiful. Beautiful.
2: So today's episode is sponsored by mylifeinabook.com. Are you looking for a really cool gift to impress your parents, grandparents, or loved ones? A really great choice comes from our sponsor of today's episode, mylifeinabook.com. They offer a fun way to get to know your loved ones better, collect timeless memories for future generations, and bring the family together. It's simple. You select from a series of fun and exciting questions that you wouldn't think to ask such as what's the funniest memory you have of your siblings, or do you have a secret you never told your own parents? And then it gets emailed to them, and they write an answer and can even attach a meaningful photo. This happens every week. At the end of one year, they all get compiled and printed in a beautiful keepsake book, and you get copies for all your family members if you want. And to make sure that you preserve it digitally in case anything happens, physical copies, you can also get it in audio format which I think is wonderful, especially for people that may be having a little more difficult with, you know, reading the written word or comprehension or anything like that. It's, it's always nice to have that multi-modality approach to be able to access these wonderful stories and memories. With MyLifeInABook.com, you can show your loved ones that they're meaningful to the family and help build their legacy. To save $10 off your first purchase, use discount code Enlightened. That's Enlightened, to get $10 off mylifeinabook.com. I think you'd be really amazed with the quality of this product. Plus, it's something that is actually useful. And so many people, when they get older, they don't need another candle or another plant or another. They need something that's going to hold who they are and pass it forward. So again, thank you to our sponsor, mylifeinabook.com. And the discount code is Enlightened. get $10 off.
1: Okay. And just a reminder as well, if you want to connect with me or Denise, you can go to Denise's website at thegratefulmessenger.com and mine is samanthafay.com. would love to have you check out some of the great things we're offering. Yeah. Okay. Let's get back to our discussion. All right. What's the next list that we are possibly self-sabotaging?
2: Well, Oh, let's see. How about the trap of feeling everything's meaningless? And the reason I wanted to address that one is a lot of people lately have been feeling that. What's the point? Especially over the last several months, it seems to be abating a little bit now, but there's been this this empty hole of what's the point? I don't know. Should I? What I? Could I? And, And I think that this can sometimes happen If we fall into that trap of spiritual nihilism, you know, and and it's, in other words, from the perspective of the universe, we may feel like it's all insignificant and that can lead to depression, anxiety, and overwhelm.
1: Yeah, that's very, very true. And you have to think about a lot of the new topics going on in spirituality right now are that this whole world is a simulation that time is made up, that we can just come back and do all of this over again. And so I think a lot of those down the rabbit hole type thoughts can can lead to those types of, well, what's the point? you know if I'm just going to come back and do it again, why worry about it now?
2: Right. I think again, this this all ties in together with if you're if you're present, if you're grounded, if you're, looking yourself in the mirror and saying, this is who I am right now, right here. And I mean, we talk about past life regression. We talk about angels and guides. We talk about all of these amazing realms we can go to. But the reality is we're here in in this physical suit right now, and there's a reason for that. And I think sometimes we may fall into going out into those other realms or places because we're not quite sure what to do with where we are in our present life.
1: Yeah, and that's something else she touches upon in that article is that savior idea where, you know, you you have this huge big purpose and you're going to help and save everyone, and you have this really important message to share. And I do think sometimes people, a small minority, can get trapped into that thinking when really something as simple as remembering someone's birthday or smiling at a stranger and giving them a totally authentic, meaningful compliment, we don't know the beautiful ripple effects of that. So I think rather than focusing on like, what's my message? What's my, what's my purpose? How am I going to save everyone? If we just focus on the here and now, you know, and and how can I contribute to the beauty around me right now? I think that helps combat that feeling that everything is meaningless.
2: I agree. Now, one of the other things she mentions is the trap of avoiding everyday responsibilities. And I think many people have had that place where they're overwhelmed financially so they don't open the bills or they are they can't see a way out. But one of the examples she used was obsessed with living off the grid. And I, I giggled when I read that because I don't see that as I'd see that as getting closer to spirituality and connection with earth energy and all that is when you're so enmeshed in the natural world. So I thought it was interesting she used that as an example. But maybe if you were looking at it as stepping away from the reality and responsibilities of real life to just go, you know, live in a nomadic lifestyle or whatever that may be for you. But when it's worn as a badge of courage or of being somehow elated or, you know, I'm I'm too spiritual to do these everyday things, that can be a red flag that you may be self-sabotaging.
1: Well, and can I be so bold as to say, to me, that feels like a luxury. (laughs) How do you avoid everyday responsibilities? You know, I always say to my kids when they're like, I'm bored. I always say, boredom is a luxury I don't have. And they roll their Mm -hmm. eyes. To me, avoiding everyday responsibilities is another luxury.
2: Right. I don't have that. And if you've been in an overwhelmed situation where it just feels like the you know, you're you're down in a deep hole, and the and the dirt's coming in on top of you because you're trying to climb out. That's a horrible place to be, and it can feel so overwhelming, and and can be debilitating, and can put you into a freeze mode of, yeah, I'm not going to do anything because I don't even know where to start. And that's where you find you know reach out to someone, find some help, even if it's just virtually. But if you're in that place where you're feeling so overwhelmed that you don't even know where to start. Please know there's someone out there that will help
1: you. 100%. Do you think maybe with the the off-the-grid example, she's talking about, like I have a neighbor who's telling me that her mother-in-law really believed 100% that the world was going to end uh, two weeks ago Mm -hmm. and was like preparing all summer for this. I don't know who she was following, what she was reading. I don't know. But I wonder if that's kind of what she was talking about, because this woman got very focused on this and, you know, to the point where she was giving things away and really thought the world was coming to an end. It didn't. Yes. I always want to talk to those people the day after they say it's going to happen. True.
2: Well,
1: you know, just be like, how are you feeling today? What, what do you think is going on? But uh, anyway, I wonder if that's what she's talking about.
2: Yeah, it is if it's becoming uh, a a diversion to not deal with your present life.
1: Right, That's much different
2: than, yes.
1: Now, here's another one she mentions that I think is important, looking to outside sources for answers. Mm -hmm. When you're constantly going to psychics or your therapist or your deck of cards or a, a crystal or meditation, Um, for answers, going out, 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 rather than looking within. Right. Which really, I should take away that meditation because that is a way to look within. So scratch that. But the others where you're constantly like calling up people and asking for their advice or opinions or, you know, putting all your faith in, in what a therapist tells you to do. I think that can definitely be a way to sabotage your own personal confidence, inner connection to source and really prevent you from recognizing what you need to do to make these changes.
2: Yes. And spirit will keep bringing it back until we face it. And if you're looking outside of yourself, that's why, I mean, I'm a big fan of when you do go to someone for counseling and advice, psychic and intentional, whatever it may be, that they it comes from a place of empowering you to find your own inner knowing and light to find your own answers i think if someone's just telling you or and in some cases that may be the best best way to help you through a situation but i'm always a big fan of whenever something leads you back to yourself to find your own truth
1: yeah, I, that's why I always had the rule of no more than two readings a year with me because you don't want anyone to become dependent on that. It's fine to have what I call like a psychic tune-up, you know, where you just kind of check in, or you might get your astrology chart read to see like if, if is what I'm feeling on pat on on par with what the uh, the stars are saying is in alignment. I think that's that's fine and often can be entertaining and illuminating, but to rely on that. That's that's a heavy no-no in my opinion.
2: Well, because then it can become uh, a sense of being attached to it. We've both had experiences where it was so cool. It was just like, holy shit, look where I just went and what I experienced. And then you come back to everyday reality and it's like, oh, I kind of like that other world. When I used to work on a uh, years and years ago, I worked in a state institution. Uh, And it was a locked ward. I had the keys. So it was okay. And one I remember going to work one day and looking around and saying, wow, I kind of envy their reality because they're in that that mystical place all the time. And it, it was just that was one of the wards I had worked on. So I think sometimes when we have these mystical experiences or we grow and evolve spiritually and we start to realize how much more there is, we have to also be grateful for how much we have in this physical life as well. And when you can get to the sweet spot of the balance between the two, that's where it really feels like it enriches your life.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, and to just honor them when they happen and, and move forward. You know, I had this weird thing yesterday. I was driving through my neighborhood and these two deer ran across my path. Now, Denise, where you live, you're like, "Uh uh-huh, that's a Tuesday. Where I live, that's very, very rare. I mean, I'm in a neighborhood that's connected to a neighborhood that's connected to a neighborhood. I'm like, where are these deer living? Like there's no more, oh my gosh, the development going on is insane. And I just stopped my car and there was a young buck, his antlers had just started to sprout, you know, and he just stood there beautiful, majestic staring at me. And I I stared at him and I told him to be safe and, and have a good winter. And and I I hope he'll come to my yard because I love to feed deer. I know you're probably thinking don't do that, but where, what are they going to eat this winter? I worry about that. Anyway, it was a beautiful little moment of just pure connection. And I got back in my car and I went to my next appointment and, you know, went ahead and, and, did what I had to do to get that day done. So I think it's important to have those moments, recognize them when that's not even a mystical moment, but to me, it felt very magical to have those experiences and just go, that was so cool. Thank you. And then, you know, go back to running your errands or going to work or whatever. It's it's all a balance.
2: It is. It's it's taking the time to hit that pause button and appreciating something that is beautiful or majestic or out of place in your world, but just so damn cool.
1: Yeah, exactly. And something I see, what do you think about this? So when I saw those deer, did I run home and get out my Ted Andrews book and look like, what does it mean to see a deer? No, I just thought these deer were in the neighborhood. They're looking for some food and I was lucky enough to stumble across them. What do you think about that balance of, looking at everything is happening to you and for you and having a spiritual meaning as opposed to, no, there are just some deer in my neighborhood. Right. You know, do you know I, what I'm asking?
2: I do, because this goes both ways. The way I'm looking at it, the fact that they were not where they should have been, that's not their natural environment and that you were there at that time to see them. I'm leaning more towards they were assigned for you. And deer are often about gentle new beginnings. And there's a beautiful message that comes through with deer. But I think also that reminder that, you know, be present, enjoy this. What a gift to see them. Was that why they were there? But I, right. I don't think it was just happenstance that they ended up in, in the hood.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. I just think it needs to be a balance, you know, like um, so one of my friends, has just finished my book. And it's so cool because, you know, she's not on this intuitive journey that you and I are on. And so she's asking me all these questions. And she's like, I started remembering my dreams more. And, and she dreamt about her grandmother. And it was the first time she did in, I think, ever. And so she said, I went to the beach just so I could sit and pray and, and just talk to her, you know, in that, in that beautiful setting. And she, she's like, I'm not kidding. I'm talking to my grandmother, looking at the waves rolling in, and I counted, and there were 21 butterflies around me. Wow. Now, do we have butterflies at the beach? Yes, we do. My daughter, Chloe, just saved one this weekend. It was a very nice moment too. But to have 21 around you, to me, that's a sign.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that's that's what I mean about balance, You know, not always thinking everything's and this is just coming from my experience because I remember when I first read that cardinals are a hello from heaven because their bird call sounds like miss you miss you Mm -hmm. and so after my mother-in-law passed I would see red cardinals everywhere and I was like oh my gosh look at this is amazing and then after like three weeks of this I realized first of all it was the season for them and second of all Samantha you have three bird feeders in your backyard Oh, and guess what the state bird is for my state—a cardinal.
2: Uh, That that swings the balance the other way a little bit, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. (laughs) What's your favorite one from this article?
2: I think what I love about this is that it got me to really look in the mirror and think about it, but also to have more empathy and compassion for people who may be struggling to get over one of these. I didn't really have a favorite but I did find it was a really good article. I think not relying of going outside yourself rather than within would be uh, probably the direction that I would go with that.
1: Yeah, I think I I would too. I agree. Because that's always our go-to whenever we are stressed or in fear mode or overwhelmed. It's so hard to go within. And we're afraid. And whenever we're afraid, we feel unbalanced. And of course you're going to look for reliance, assurance, validation, hope. And so I completely understand that impulse to look outside of yourself. I mean, my gosh, whenever I'm going through a stressful time, you will always know because my tarot deck stays at my bedside table Mm -hmm. because I'll just go to, I'll look at the, oh, what are they saying? and i and whenever i see that i'm bringing my cards to my bedside table that's when i know all right samantha it's time to slow down and go within
2: i want to jump back to the signs for a minute because i think i, I still feel like there's a little little bit more digging with that one that if the sign shows up and you say ooh that's a sign Maybe a good question to ask is, is it validating something that we we can ask, please show me a sign. Do I get it three times? We've talked about that. But are you going through something and you get that meaning and it validates something you're working through?
1: Yes, yes. And I think it has to be accompanied by something as well. Mm-hmm. Like a feeling, a tingling, a sensation. There's like an inner knowing often when a sign pops up and it's for you. I remember, This was two years ago, I think. And it was right when my dad started not doing well and we were like having to hire helpers to come in and all that lovely stuff. And a bird flew into my house. Mm -hmm. What do we know about that, right? So I panicked and I'm like, oh my gosh. And so I posted it on my Facebook page and I have this lovely friend who's super into nature and connected and can grow anything just like you. And she sent me this link that it's, I think it was a sparrow. I'm not hundred percent sure, but she said, it's actually a sign of good luck and help and assistance on your way. And I was like, okay. And so I don't know if that bird meant anything, right? Because I wasn't asking necessarily for help or looking for guidance with my dad. I was just in that fear mode of like, what do I do? And when it flew in my house, I thought it was a sign that he was going to pass then. Right, mm-hmm. and then she's telling me, no, no, it's a positive thing, it's a good thing, and so whether that was a sign or not, I think my guide's kind of missed because I, I it just left me very, very perplexed. Now, going back to my mother-in-law before she died, you know, she said, "I will leave you quarters to show you that oh. I'm around and that I made it," and I find quarters to this day in the most unusual places where you're like, no, there's there's no way that that can't be. Maggie, you know, that's definitely Maggie. I mean, we just, um, my father and my former father in law passed away last month, and it was very, very hard on all of us and felt so bad for my children. They lost two grandfathers in three months. And we uh, come back from the funeral with the whole family, and there are two quarters on my driveway. (laughs) And I knew that was Maggie's way of saying, I got them, we're good. You know, we're in heaven together. It was just beautiful.
2: And I love that she chose quarters, not dimes or pennies. Everybody gets dimes and pennies, but no, Maggie's going to send quarters, damn it. I love that.
1: I know. I know. Well, that's what she said. The hell are you going to do with a penny? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we hope this has given you guys some, some wonderful little nuggets to think about. And maybe you have some strong opinions either way on some of the different Ways we could be sabotaging our spiritual growth. As I said, we will post the article on our Facebook page so you can check it out yourself. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and thank you again to our sponsor for helping to support us. If you liked the show, please tell a friend, like, rate, and review us, and consider supporting our new sponsor, mylifeinabook.com. And you can use the coupon code Enlighten to save $10. We hope you guys have a wonderful, happy week filled with positive, helpful signs. Please remember, as always, to show up, do great work, and share your light. Take care.